to Allah. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, Allah, oh, Allah. Peace, family. Welcome to Maha Speaks. This is a pure, unapologetic, black excellence podcast. I will introduce to some and present to others some of my closest friends and people we admire, women and men who are doing amazing work. Trust and believe they are leaders in the home, community, and giants in their industry. We'll engage in personal, truthful, and impactful discussions. It is a safe place. So no judging, no attacking, just pure unity and love. Plus, we'll share some resources and solutions and bring value to your life or add value to your life. I would like to take um, a moment. Um, I would like you, excuse me, to take a moment to subscribe and follow me at Maha Millionaire on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Maha Millionaire. Also, you are a part of history and you are listening to our first podcast, and I couldn't have begun it with um, anyone but this very special person who is in my life, and I thank a lot for her. I'm so excited. I'm a little nervous, as you can tell, but I refuse to keep allowing myself to keep myself back. I have to say that again because, like, for real, I am not going to allow myself to keep myself from learning, growing, and sharing with those who um, I serve directly or indirectly. So today on Maha Speaks, I want to introduce you to Sister Marisha Muhammad. (laughs) She is a mother. She is a wife. She's an educator, a student, a soldier, a youth mentor, a creative genius, and that's capital caps right there. Um, she is a sister, S-T-A-R. She is one of my closest friends and so much more to me. Um, if you just want to be yourself, whoever that is, she got you, okay? You can trust that there will be no judgment, no jealousy, no envy, no sellout. No impatience. I promise you she is the real deal. I promise you. She's always comes through some way, somehow, on time, and in a magnificent, creative, unique way. I love her. I love her babies. I love her husband. I love her mama, her daddy, (laughs) her sisters, her whole family. And I know if it is Allah's will, you are going to fall in love with her too. Please allow me to present to some and introduce to others my sister, my friend, Sister Marisha Muhammad. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Praise be to Allah. Girl, listen, I'm so good. I just started that today. Okay. That was a lot. That was a lot. (laughs) But praise be to Allah. You know, that's one of those things when, you know, I always think about ministers and personalities on TV and they get those type of introductions and they're like, whoa, that was a lot. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) But you already know, you know, how it is just being a woman or a girl or whoever, you know, of course all praises due to Allah. Um, so we got to be better about accepting what people see in us, you know, and mm-hmm. have a little balance and know that anything that people see is really only the God. <laughs> Has That's nothing right. To, to God be the me glory. and ego. <laughs> so Very all true. of that is, to God you know, the, the little resonance of Allah that you may see <laughs> in your mm-hmm. little sister, but praise belongs to him. I'm happy um, to be here on this, this podcast and be with you, you know, 
We've been mm-hmm. together for a long time, and I'm glad. Mm-hmm. You know, interested to see where we're going forward. So thank you for inviting mm-hmm. me. I feel special today. <laughs> yes, ma'am, you are You are definitely one of those people who I, I mean, I pray for, and this is the honest to God truth, I pray for you several times a day. But I do specific prayers for you and your family. And um, I'm not saying I don't do that for nobody else. I'm just saying there are just some people in your life that are important to you, and you want to be pleasing to them. You want to be to to Allah, but you are pleasing to Allah by being Mm. kind to them and receiving Mm. that, you know. And so Mm. I titled this particular one, um, and, 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 and it's, I just, when I think of you, I think about when two people or two friends put their heads together, boom, <laughs> what comes out of that, okay? And yes. Um, yes. You, you are, you took, you help us take Girl to Goddess, like, to a whole nother level. And I'm going to be honest with you, Marisha, I have been trying to figure out how we connected, how we hooked up. <laughs> did I ask you or did you say, hey, I want to help? I have no clue. All I know is that. <laughs> We were a force to be reckoned with in the mm-hmm. schools and then, of course, working with the 180 program with Brother Raphael Muhammad and Brother Rachman mm-hmm. and Che, Brother Che and all of that. So it's just mm-hmm. one of those things. But when I think about you, it doesn't matter what people – I'm going to speak from my experience, and those people who know you can will also, I know, bear witness to that. You are just one of the most creative people I know. But before we get into all of the stuff that we do, because we definitely want to talk about, you know, giving a witness to, um, you know, and testifying about Allah and uh, the minister and how he's helped to grow and shape us. But, Rich, you know, tell us, tell the people a little bit about you that you want to share. Like, you know, where are you from, who you with, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh and, and then we'll go from there. <laughs> Oh, I guess if if I repped any set, <laughs> it would be in a while all day. Um, okay, and, okay. And I, I identify with um, the Nation of Islam, you know, being a follower mm-hmm. of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad under the leadership of the divine leadership of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. When I think about my identity, that comes mm-hmm. um, before anything else today. Praise be to Allah because... Mm-hmm. You know, That's the close second, the close second mm-hmm. in Detroit. <laughs> okay, okay. I was like, you better not say Chicago. You better not say Chicago. You know, no offense. The, the roots and everything um, that I am is born out of the city that I love, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. with all the good and bad. It's home, and it was the environment where I was um, nurtured and cultivated and educated and Everything that I am today is because of that. Now, Chicago <clears throat> is not mm-hmm. like not like a, a bad second. <laughs> you know, you, right, have right. one, you, right. have your, you have your day one, but, you know, a lot of times we take for granted the day two. So Chicago is my That's day right. two. I think it was the perfect transition um, for me and my family in terms of growing us into, you know, the next phase of our life. You know, there. Yes, ma'am preschool and elementary school and all that K-12 experience and then you get to, you know, the next level, <laughs> the graduate level okay. and stuff like that. And so for me, Chicago has um, been that. It took what I had, the foundation that I had from being in Detroit and gave me something to build on. Um, of course, spiritually, um, pro- professionally, 
You know, mm-hmm. and I've, I've just been blessed. The sisterhood um, in Chicago has been um, so good to me. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I, yes, ma'am. I, I I hate when the cities are together because I'm like, I've got my, my people in Chicago that I want to be with, my <laughs> sisters. But then I'm like, but Detroit, I get to see them, you know, every now and mm-hmm. then. But, you know, the reality is we're all um, family. So, yeah, born and raised in Detroit, educated in um, Detroit public schools, you know, in and out of universities um, in Detroit, you know, how we do, trying to figure mm-hmm. out how to, you know, um, continue with more education. So studied at the University of Detroit and, and, and Wayne State, where <clears throat> I think that was the beginning of, uh, well, I won't say it's the beginning of my community work, but that's when it got real, particularly because I came mm-hmm. to the Nation of Islam and uh, right at the uh, the Million Man March. So, okay. I'm not I, trying to I, date your age, but how old were you? I, how old were you when you I came was in? 20. I was 20 years okay. old um, when I okay. came to the nation. Probably before, right around 19 um, is when I first got introduced to, to the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, but it was with another organization that used some mm-hmm. of his teachings, but... Um, was not all of what I needed at the time, but uh, they were right. a good group of um, Muslims who used some of what we had, but they the missing link um, was the Honorable Minister Lewis Farrakhan, and I didn't know that it was a missing link until um, the Million Man March, which we just celebrated 25 years uh, mm-hmm. from that event. Um, and so the Million Man March was actually the first time I heard a full lecture Mm-hmm. Um, from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, and I could not stop crying. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right, girl? And it was—it wasn't just the day. Of course, that was a big part of it, but the mm-hmm. things that he shared, and you know, mm-hmm. the way he broke down the word atonement and tied it to history and present time. I was like, mm-hmm. "Who? Where have you been all my life?" <laughs> right. Um, no, I don't even understand. He introduced ideas during um, his his words at the Million Man March that I had never heard before. And when I mm. tell you they fell on my heart and my spirit, like, this is it. I don't think there was mm-hmm. anything that I rejected. Um, of course, we mm-hmm. began to study Islam more. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to know things for sure and a certainty, but everything that right. he said from you know, black people and who we are in relationship to each other and relationship to other people and relationship to God, I was like, oh, this is what I've been missing in my life. And I'm telling you, I was forever changed. So mm-hmm. um, that was my introduction into um, the Nation of Islam. But I had been an athlete. I had just been just a regular little black girl growing up on the west side of Detroit <laughs> mm-hmm. with my mm-hmm. little family. But um, mm-hmm. the two things that impacted me most, probably in my, my young days, was mm-hmm. um, being an athlete mm-hmm. um, and being in the nation because those two experiences, my, my athletic time was brief, but it gave me the opportunity mm-hmm. to travel that I would not have had um, otherwise. And then being in the nation, you know, affords you the opportunity to travel. So I began to see the world outside of Detroit. And that was um, life-changing mm-hmm. for me. 
Well, listen, you know, I'm, I'm, I appreciate you saying that because um, I, you know, I, I'm pretty sure I shared it with you. Um, I a, was a swimmer, you know, and we were just the best in the city. You know, black people didn't <laughs> swim back then. But we even gave the white, white Caucasian people, you know, um, um, run for their money. You know, they would a lot mm-hmm. of times, unfortunately, forfeited because, they didn't want to swim in the pool um, with black people. You know, they would literally wow. forfeit, forfeit the, um, you know, the <laughs> swim meet because they mm-hmm. didn't want to swim with black people, and they would clean the pool. This was in the 80s, people. Wow. This wasn't in the 50s. <laughs> Centerline, Warren, I'm calling all those cities out. Sterling Heights, mm-hmm. when my brother used to take us out there, the little children used to call us niggas and stuff like We used to be like, what is a nigger, first of all? We don't even know Isn't what that, that is. <laughs> but we, 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 when I told my mother in one instance, you know, they called us a nigger. She was, Bertha May was going, okay, she wants to kill. <laughs> my mother is a gangster. But with you being an athlete, Rish, <laughs> what I found with swimming, even though I, I talk about swimming, but I literally did not like it. But I thank Allah that my that he forced or made my brother make us swim because what brought me to the nation or keeps me in the nation is the discipline you have to have as an athlete, mm-hmm. a discipline, mm-hmm. especially with swimming. And so did you find that to be the same with you, with your athletic mm-hmm. ability? It required a level of discipline that I didn't even appreciate until I was no longer playing. Basketball was my sport. Um, Mm -hmm. And at that time in high school and even in college, you know, just being a baller was like, you know, drink the ball, do something sweet so everybody can cheer for you, Um, Mm -hmm. you know. And I had the guys in my neighborhood. I used to play on the block, you know, being the only girl on the court. Um, My good friends you know, would let me play, and it was no problem. But then, of course, being a girl, you had some guys that was trying to knock me straight out, right? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. play with the right, boys. right. I'm going to hit you oh, hard. I'm going to show you. down, <laughs> all of that. Um, so I had a great um, high school coach who pushed us. Um, but then when I got to college, I ended up struggling as an athlete um, because I lacked the work ethic that was required Mm. for me to um, excel. Um, And Mm. that was just, I I really would attribute that to not being in an environment with people who really understood pushing yourselves. Um, While my family was um, full of love, um, full of faith, um, we supported each other, I really didn't have anyone in my immediate family who had experienced being an athlete like I was. So... I had a lot of cheerleaders. I didn't have a lot of um, a, a particular kind of support that, that pushes me when I needed to be pushed. Um, so okay. I got to college, and I, I think a big part of it, too, was I knew I wasn't going to be an athlete long term. Um, I wasn't mm-hmm. trying to go to, like, the WNBA and all that kind of stuff. So for me, it was like do basketball to get through university. And so... When I got to college, I began to see the work ethic of some of my uh, mates, my teammates, and I, and I was like, yeah, I don't have that. And I didn't even have the desire <laughs> to, to have that. <laughs> and, Come on and now, real a, talk. <laughs> I had um, one of the most memorable moments where I learned about myself um, was doing, we were running 
like three, we had to run three miles. That was just a part of being on the basketball team. And I was always dead last. Um, I hated distance running. Um, mm. But if we were sprinting, if we were sprinting, I was going to be first. I, I, that was easy for me. I could be first if we were running fast and we were running short. But that distance, I was like, I ain't trying to run three miles. Like, I was, I was fine with finishing it. And I remember one of uh, my teammates, when I came in last, she was like, Marisha, you don't ever want to be first? And I was looking like, no, I don't. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm just happy to, to have finished. And, and her right. asking me that and me standing firmly on my no, like, I learned a lot about myself in that moment. And, and walking away from that conversation, it was something that stuck with me. Initially, I didn't judge it, but then I was like, what is that about me that's just okay with being here? Um, and mm. let me tell you, when I became a Muslim, that just changed. <laughs> it's something Girl. about being um, in an environment where you are reaffirmed in who you are as a divine being that makes being last unacceptable. <laughs> and so that's right. everything from that moment on, I'm like, if I'm going to do it, it's like go hard or go home. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so that's right. that's right. I can't say that um, I've ever been last or done poorly in anything that I've tried to do since that moment, but it was mm-hmm. really because of um, the nation that made me want mm-hmm. to and, and be better, like, but in that moment, as an athlete, I didn't have it. But in terms of the discipline, back to your original question, I'm such an advocate for athletes. Um, but with the understanding that it's not the end-all, be-all, getting up every day to do your workout regimen, managing your time, it being an athlete made me a better student. Um, mm-hmm. For some people, it can be a challenge because you have to choose between, you know, the physical part of it. But what it requires mentally is something that you can't even – put a price on, to go back and do something every day, to know right. that when I, when I do this workout, I'm going to be hurting tomorrow, and then I have to come back right. and do it again. So will right, right. enter into pain, you know, because, you know, working out before a meet or a basketball game, there's hours that go into that preparation, and then you have mm-hmm. a game that lasts two hours. <laughs> You know, right, you can put right. In like fifty hours of practice, you know, and cultivating and preparation for this this moment that's going to be brief. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, so when I see students who are struggling with success, you know, and, mm-hmm. and teachers and family members are like, no, they need to worry about more than football. And I'm like, no, let them do, let them do their sports, but support them mm-hmm. in those other areas because everybody wants to be in an environment where they are a winner. And sometimes we take away that one space where they're good and they're reaffirmed in their abilities, you know, because it doesn't match our experience. So, um, yeah, the discipline of being athlete is something. I just don't I don't think it's an end-all, be-all in terms of what we need for our people long-term, but the mindset that's required 
Um, mm-hmm. It's definitely a place for that. <laughs> definitely. Well, but you know, the the reason why I appreciate you saying that because a lot of us, I'm sure, have done some measure of sport or some type of discipline, whether it was playing an instrument or whatever it is. And I think I know for a fact. I don't think I know for a fact that even though I did not like to swim, okay, I did every <laughs> trick in the book. I promise you, every trick in the book to not go swim practice, okay? Just, mm-hmm. <laughs> and like you, Rich, this is funny, too. See, this is why we've been friends for so long. I didn't even know that. Like you with swimming, I was okay with just being just swimming. I did not like distance, so I wouldn't do 500. <laughs> I wouldn't do two. I didn't like 200. Give me a 50, a 25, or 100. Yes. I need yes. to get in the water, get out, because I hate it. Yes. I hate you people. Yes. I just, I just, I'm tired of you, y'all scrubs. I need to just boom, just get out of there. But I'm gonna tell you my real reason for doing all of that because I didn't like, and I love my brother today, but back then I did not like him because I did not understand what God was doing through my brother mm-hmm. for me today, and mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. discipline that you have to impose. And sw- now with running. With basketball, y'all can stop on the court. You can stop on the track. But swimming, you can't. You got to – you try to stop it in the middle of the lane. Promise you. I never okay. thought about that. Never thought about that. You cannot stop with swimming. So in my mm-hmm. head was because I didn't want to be there, jump in, boom, get it over with, and I'm going. I'm, I'm just hurry up and get to my next one. So I didn't like distance or anything. So the beauty of – what Islam has done for you, done for us, and those who will bear witness, because Islam just basically means submission to God's will. Well, you know, before we knew God, you know, many of us, um, we were submitting to things like athleticism. You know what I'm saying? Submitting mm-hmm. to our music, yeah. submitting yep. to being the, the, the popular person or whatever your goal was then. And, you know, what this reminds me of is in, um, in our articles, um, the, the Constitution, where it talks about a woman shall rise as high as her God-given talents, yep. gifts and talents, allow her in the own interest and in the interest of her nation within the framework of lo- the laws of Islam. And so what I found was taking those skills, transferring that discipline um, into the teachings, and that yeah. will give longevity. So when you talked about getting up, and going back, I look forward to getting up and practicing Islam. I can't mm-hmm. say I like that with swimming, but instead of giving <laughs> up like so many of us do, you know, like, oh, I, I can't oh. swim no more. If I can't be a, a basketball player no more, I'm just going to give up. And in my head, when I hear people that get an injury, I always say, well, why don't you teach them, take those skills and teach somebody else? You still can get the high out of it. But for me, mm-hmm. I took that discipline. I promise you, and I didn't learn this in the beginning. I'm not saying I had a conscious thought, but as the years went by, when I was not mad at my brother anymore, because I didn't speak to my brother, I promise you, for 10 years. <laughs> I promise you. I, I made his life. I am not exaggerating. It wasn't until I got married <laughs> um, and, and we went on a date right, <laughs> with my brother and his wife, that was the first time I spoke to him. But I knew as a Muslim I couldn't continue to do that because I started yeah. to learn that had I not swam, I promise you, if my brother hadn't have been the, 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 
I used to call him a dictator, but <laughs> being that most <laughs> that, that that coach that didn't play, I wouldn't I don't think I would have success in Islam. And so that's mm-hmm. why I wanted to, mm-hmm. to talk to you about that. And then as far as being athletes, now I mean, Rich, remember when we went Girl of God is they invited us to the U of D, the basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So like listen, do you know up until that moment I hated women's basketball? I don't know if I ever told you that. I just in my head I was like, No, we are not going to watch women play basketball. Oh, no, we're God. not. We're just not about to do that. I can't stand them. I can't stand women trying to act like kids. That was my concept. But listen, I when we went there, I was highly offended that twenty five people was in the whole gym and listen. we was twenty of those mm-hmm. five. 25, you know what mm-hmm, I'm saying? Mm-hmm, and if you recall, mm-hmm. you remember how the president came over? He was like, we were so live. They was losing. Yeah. <laughs> we yep. were so yep. live in the energy. And they started, I think they still lost that day, but the president yeah. came and sat next to the girls. I didn't know he was the president of the school. I'm like, yeah. why is this man walking from that side of the gym to come over here? Who are you? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so I was on like post for real, but yeah. What I learned from that is women can do anything a man does as yep. long as it says it's within the frameworks of the laws of Islam. So can you talk a little bit about that? It was that I think that moment, um, and I didn't appreciate or fully understand, you know, when we talk about patriarchal societies or sexism or things like that. It we worked just as hard, um, as the men did, um, and, and at times I felt like we worked harder because we felt like we had to prove to everyone right. that we were putting in the effort to be, you know, what it was. And we just, right. you know, game after game, we blood, sweat, and tears on the floor, and, you know, it would be your family in the crowd and a couple of your friends in a stadium that's, you know, maybe 20%, 15% filled. Um, but I think that is very reflective of the society at large. Women work harder and get less recognition, but not even about the recognition, the support, the support um, that's needed for um, not just women athletes, but women in all spheres of life. Like knowing that there are people in the crowd cheering for you, like that matters. <laughs> right, right, it, right. It encourages you to continue when when you want to quit. I remember even when I was in high school, you know, playing in PAL down at the police precinct where we used to play in the police athletic league, and I think it was one of the first games that like five people from my family came to. And back then, it wasn't really set up for big crowds. But the fact that I had five people there, I was so proud. And we lost. Right, right. And I was so (laughs) embarrassed. And I cried because I wanted to win for them. (laughs) You know, Mm. I wanted them. I didn't want to win, but I wanted to win for them. Um, Mm -hmm. And women, just in general, like we do things I, I think a lot of women are genuinely selfless. Like mm-hmm. when we do things, at least for myself, I'll say this. Mm-hmm. No, I say for a lot mm-hmm. of women that I know, um, mm-hmm. we do things that we hope would benefit not just ourselves, but people around us, our families, our community, almost to the point where we deny self. Um, and so for me, mm-hmm. I realized that I had to 
you know, live up to that particular part of, you know, the Constitution of the Nation of Islam where it talks about your God-given rights and talents and being free to explore that, like, let me do what I do for the glory of God, you know. Right. Not Come on now. In comparison to men. Like, mm-hmm. let me That's take right. them out of, let me just take them out of the picture. Yeah, if I'm in right. the Come arena, on. if I'm in the pool, if I'm on the volleyball court or the track, let me mm-hmm. run my best race for me. Mm-hmm. Let me um, be in an environment that cultivates, you know, for my own personal development. And people right. benefit from you overcoming your own challenges. That's why the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan told us we have to um, give our testimony. Um, That's right. Because our stories and the things that we've overcome, like, we're not the only ones having these experiences. You know, I'm not the only person who's played a sport and didn't feel supported by the greater community. You know, we saw the difference in, you know, how the men's teams got, and I'm talking about starting in high school or middle school. Right. You know, where there are crowds and money and investments put into what young boys and men are doing but there's very little investment in women, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is ironic because mm-hmm. women end up putting into everyone, you know, cultivating mm-hmm. them just across the board. So, mm-hmm. you know, that lack of investment is going to, you know, it's going to hurt us. Uh, but guess mm-hmm. what? You know, <laughs> I always laugh, but I like Wonder Woman, you know, and just that whole idea of, you know, what that movie represents, this whole uh, community where Wonder Woman knows, I don't know, where are they, Amazonian women, whatever they were, just mm-hmm. being in an environment that, that didn't require men. <laughs> you know, I think in the movie, right. it, like, except, except for procreation. <laughs> right, right. Like, I understand where that comes from. But, of course, I'm not, I'm not, I don't believe that that has to happen, but I understand that. Um, but it really has to be communities and a culture, a society at large that sees the value in men and women equally. You know, mm-hmm. we don't have mm-hmm. to have one over the other. That's not going to get us anywhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, That's right. You know, That's right. equity and justice to both is how we're going to, you know, move our people. But that's not going to mm-hmm. happen if we keep trying to put women down. Oh, my gosh, I spent too long on that. Girl. Anyway. Listen, no, you didn't. You did not because <laughs> it, it made me go to an area that I wanted to read just real quick to bear witness to what you were saying. Um, and and um, the minister said, he, this is um, from a lecture he did, um, and it, um, it says, Oh, Mary, be obedient to your Lord. Okay, that's what in the Holy Quran says. Now, there's the key. If you want to be what I've called you to be, you've got to be obedient. Not to your father, not to your mother, not to your brother, not to your husband, but be obedient to your Lord. Now, listen to me because, you know, we got to make that clear because, you know, we'll take that and be like, I ain't got to pay. You know, that's not Mm -hmm. what it's saying. He said, Mm -hmm. now, listen to me. He said, sure, you have to obey your husband. You have to respect him um, and honor him, but not above God. You honor Mm -hmm. nobody, respect nobody. Obey nobody above your Lord, <laughs> and your husband is not your Lord, though some may want you to call him Lord. <laughs> right? so, but the beauty of that is in the type of person that you are and that I've seen and witnessed from you, you're a mother like we introduced in the beginning, you're a wonderful sister, a, a, a wonderful daughter, you're a daddy's girl just like I was with my daddy. But Rich, Ooh, I love that man. I, I have often... <laughs> 
girl, you know we are some daddy's girls. Girl, I promise you, my, my daddy, your dad would have been friends. I promise you that, okay? Because <laughs> um, he reminds me <laughs> a lot of my dad. I promise you that. Yeah, but, yeah. but you're also a wife, Rich, and you've heard me tell you many times, I just admire you and a few others, um, how you mm-hmm. manage being a wife and a mother, and I stay with you, you know, when I come visit or whatever and stay with you and just to see the the um, the power in the house, the force and power mm. in the house, and how mm. you respect your husband, girl, okay, and still walk out the door like, what, I'm still Marisha, but that black man right there, okay, let's play for real. Okay, let's stop. Okay, so talk to us about that wife aspect, Rich, because you all have been married how long now? 21, 21 years this year. Girl. Years. Uh, Lord have mercy, and, Jesus. Um, yeah. Mm. Yep. You know, being his wife has been like a blessing. When I tell you that, um, you know, a lot like, this is what you need. This is the type of man that I have in mind for you. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I remember because it wasn't what, what I had in mind. <laughs> no, and not only that, remember, um, I think it was the, uh, the student minister at that time told it. I think it was Rasu. It could have been Dawood saying, wait. It was, y'all just wait just for a second and then wait for a second and then get married. And do and, 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 and you're answering that, do you now see that that was uh, a perfect guidance? You know what? It was, it was so many um things that put us together, and I, and I always think about this when I think about sisters who are young and who are single, um, mm-hmm. particularly the young ones. I think sisters who are older and are single have a different kind of challenge, uh, even though there are some similarities. I was, when I came into the nation, I saw all these beautiful families, like yeah. husbands, wives, mm-hmm. children, and mm-hmm. in in terms of my community, it was not a norm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we, we just, and I'm not saying I wasn't around any, like, whole families, you know, growing up. And sure. Because they were there. But, right. you know, there were people who had lived together for 20 years, were never married. There were a lot of, you know, step families. There was a lot of shacking up. So I could think, like, right now on my block, the traditional families where it was, like, husband, wife, children, you know, just by themselves in their home. Like, that was the family structure. But it was not the predominant image that I saw. So coming mm. to the mosque, like, I saw that and I wanted mm. that um, so mm-hmm. bad when I came to the mosque. Um, and I think I was, I was very highly motivated to find a brother <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to recreate mm-hmm. that reality. And you know when we when we go into something looking for that, it, it never works out. <laughs> it didn't work out very well for me in the beginning. But when I let that go, mm-hmm. that desire to mm-hmm. find a mate is when mm-hmm. my husband showed up, and it really was my mother pointing him out one day. You know, walking outside the mosque, like that's a nice looking brother. I think he would be good for you. And I was like, not that little boy, that boy. Oh my God. <laughs> My mother pointed him out, okay? Yes, and so I it was hear. kind of a passing moment. Girl, he was come working at Mr. Muhammad's, walking from the mosque to the restaurant, and she was dropping me off, wow. and she saw him like, he looks like a nice brother for you. I said, I don't know that. <gasps> you know. I did you know. not know so, that. 
and and I didn't mama, know him very mama well. Know what's we up. Got, they do. So whenever <laughs> me and him get into it, I call my mom. I'm like, "This is your fault," you know. And then mm-hmm. you know we have those moments where things go well, and she was like, "I knew you were gonna be all right. I told you," you know. Um, mm-hmm. But he he was young um, when I met him, and mm-hmm. we. I, I wish that more mass communities, church communities, organizations had what we had because we had singles mingles regularly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the single people would come, you know, I think it was like Tuesdays or something, whatever day of the week in the evenings mm-hmm. at the restaurant, Mr. Muhammad's, and we would socialize. And even then, I didn't even have anybody in mind. Um, mm-hmm. We were just kind of enjoying the brothers and sisters being together. And he was there, but he wasn't on my radar. And the right, thing right. that, you know, when people were not connecting, the mm-hmm. large groups that we used to have at those meetings started kind of dying off. And it kind of mm-hmm. kept ending up being like me and him would be the only ones to show up or get you know, out. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> get a dress up and go and be with the believers. There'd be like five people there, two of them are 40, and here I am 20 years old, and, and he would be there. And so, but it facilitated conversations, um, you know, in an environment where it wasn't the pressure of being one-on-one. You know, we, it would be mm-hmm. a group of us sitting together talking, laughing, playing games, singing. And so I got to see him in that regard. And then the other space I really got to know him was in, like, our Friday night study circles. Oh, yeah. That's young, where you were going to find your was, mate, right there. Yeah. <laughs> like, he uh-huh. was able to see my mind. Um, and, and, you know, he's told me that that was one of the things that kind of hooked him. <laughs> and oh, I was yeah, thinking the yeah. same thing, like, to see his thoughts, you know, being expressed. Because study group affords you the opportunity to see how people are processing the teachings of the Anupalaj mm-hmm. Muhammad. And to mm-hmm. hear how he was taking that information in, I was like, wow, this little boy. Because mm-hmm. he was, and I'm calling him mm-hmm. a little boy then, because he was like 17 or 18 years right, old. Right, right, right. At a time. <laughs> Uh, so that's so late. Like, your your age difference. I thought it was like two years, but it's three. Okay, three years. all right. Yeah, yep. it's three mm-hmm. years. So mm-hmm. we got to know each other. Then he asked for me. We did, mm-hmm. you know, the courtship process, backseat, whole nine. You know, riding in the backseat. Right, seat, right. You know, Come on now. Making right sure people way. was at the house <laughs> when when he would come to my house. His mother or sisters would be there. You know, well, you know right, I'm right. Not all up in all up in your face. <laughs> Like sure, here, sure, I walk room to room. Um, right. <laughs> but, you know, we were able to have that experience and that process and benefit from it. But yeah. he, my husband, above anything else, he's so um, just a spiritual being. Like, yeah. God mm-hmm. is, is what he craves, um, mm. and it guides how he leads our family. Um, yeah, and and you I, can tell, and I joke about him. He, if but if I die today, my family will be spiritually secure because of him. I wouldn't worry mm. about my family because he set that standard in our home. Oh, and that's he, right. You know, just on the other side of being like a, a, a provider and a caretaker, you know, I always joke about him because when he wanted to support me, you know, he was mm-hmm. working at the restaurant. And I remember. Sister Catherine mm-hmm. at that time when she presented me, you know, with the, uh, you know, invitation to court. <laughs> she said, mm-hmm. you know, this brother is dropping fries and making $5 out of five dollars an hour. <laughs> Which, by the way, at back then was a lot of money. 
Yeah, it was a <laughs> for lot, not to build a family. Yeah, not, not to build a family, but, but I'm saying that, that <laughs> back then and she cautioned me. Mm-hmm. She cautioned me as as she mm-hmm. should have, and, right. and I That's appreciated right. that she said she didn't discourage me. But she sure. was like, you have to think about it now. And the reason she That's told right. me that is because I was working in corporate America at that time. Right. <laughs> I was Come working on. in finance. That's so right. I had yeah. my new whip. I was, you know, dropping a couple hundred dollars on charity, buying things for my home, still living with my mother. You know, I was doing very well. Right. And so she right. was just like, just if you're going to give him, you know, leadership over your home and environment, this is what you have to be prepared for. And I appreciated that right. she gave me that guidance. And I also appreciated on the brother's side, they were working on him. They didn't discourage mm-hmm. him, but, you know, we had Captain Majid, who was Thomas at the time. And oh, brother my Carlin. God. I Come want on. to tell you what they gave me in terms of a mm-hmm. man and a husband, forever mm-hmm. grateful for them because they knew he wanted to support me. And Harlan mm-hmm. was like, yeah, you need to get some skills. <laughs> Oh, that's right, because he went to the training. Then he, he then went he to trade school. Yeah, yeah. Yep. He went to trade school together. Um, he does um, mm-hmm. teaching and cooling. And yeah. um, they they ended up going into business together. My husband started his own business. Um, yeah. Just that. He, but it was like, I, I still joke with him today. I was like, you did all that because you wanted me. <laughs> So fine. You have to go and get. You have to go and get you some yep. skills just so yep. you support me. Because you know, just what? like that. And he's laughing. He's like, I would have did it anyway. I'm like, no, I was motivation. No, yeah, <laughs> you were. Maybe five you years was. later. <laughs> but you know yeah, what? Let so me talk for a second. Um, mm-hmm. I, I know because we're. I know we're approaching towards the end. How are we looking for you? Oh, jeez. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Okay. 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 Yeah. So, so let me wrap um, up on him because I know I can talk all day on that man. But he, he, no, no. He I want to say this though before you before you say that having men like Captain Majid and Brother Carlin in wow. the training, the military training of men. So let me tell you, sisters, mm-hmm. you want mm-hmm. a good man that mm-hmm. will submit to the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad under the Minister Louis Farrakhan, and then you get under captains, and the captain is just a man that guides. You know, he teaches and trains the men. And then yeah. to have a backup, like a Batman and Robin, if you will, mm-hmm. um, with mm-hmm. the men. And you produce men like your husband. So it's a blessing yeah. to have men like that, that even though they saw him, they probably were, he probably reminded them of themselves, right? Because we know Brother <laughs> Carlin, we was all young coming in the mosque, you know. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, but, Brother, brother um, your husband is um, – a product of that type of male leadership, like you talked about a few minutes ago. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yep. So yep. no, I love, I love, I love he that you love needed, him and you respect needed. him and honor him. I love that he needed so what they offered. Him. He, and a part yeah. of, um, a part of my husband's mm-hmm. testimony, um, which he he shares um, openly. Mm-hmm. You know, he lost his father mm-hmm. at 13, so he didn't mm-hmm. have. Um, you know, that father figure in those formative years, you know, as a teenager going yeah. as a young man, and they mm-hmm. provided that in our mom's community. Mm-hmm. They supported him. Um, mm-hmm. They advised him and counseled him. And to this day, you know, he's been 25 years in the nation, and he talks yeah. to him weekly, daily sometimes, and still is able mm-hmm. to get counsel, you know, and mm-hmm. now to the point where he can give counsel. And so, you know, what he had on the brother's side, I was fortunate to have 
on the sister you know, side. On the, yeah. on the sister side, because I need a cultivation mm-hmm. too. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and our class being along, among the women in the MGT, you know, mm-hmm. is like helped me know mm-hmm. what a woman of God looks like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even, yeah. Even, the times, even the times where it's not perfect. Even the times it's yeah. not perfect, there is enough God in the room where mm-hmm. we can we can benefit from it. So, yeah, my husband takes good civil. care of us. And, yeah. yeah, I love his He, he uh, definitely does. To the community, he, the brotherhood, community, you know. That's right. That's right. He, <laughs> and is, he is a soldier. Well, you know, he is a soldier. He has always been a brother to me. I've never seen him out of character. I've never seen anything like that. And so when you have families like yours and others who are really just doing their thing to be pleasing to the God, right? And Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I I know we're running out of time, but I do want you to talk on – if you can, just a little bit, um, of course, about what you're doing and, 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 and what you want to add value to the people, the listeners. But you're Ooh. an awesome mom, Sister Marisha. You're an awesome mother. <laughs> you know I love your babies. All of, I don't care what they do. I don't care how much it costs. I'm buying it. I don't care. It's just Auntie Malika just, okay, they have an open <laughs> – they can have whatever they want from me because I know they're not going to come with no foolishness. And so I love supporting that. But your children, Marisha, uh, girls, they just are some awesome beings. And you're an awesome mom. And Brother Chris is an awesome father. But talk to me about what what is your main goal, if you will, and that's such a cheap word to me for this, but Mm. your main goal and objective when it comes to your babies every day? Oh, um, you know, I think I'll go back to, well, one, I'm a, I'm a teacher at heart, right? So mm-hmm, education mm-hmm. is, um, you know, whether it's academic instruction in the classroom, I'm an English teacher, um, mm-hmm. or, you know, teaching in other circles, whether it's in the community, through mentoring, through mm-hmm. healing, um, mm-hmm. you know, just providing people that space. So one of the things that I learned, when I was in my early educational courses, my educational philosophy class, I think it was like the first course I had in university, um, learning about being a teacher. And mm-hmm. when they, the way my professor defined education, I was like 19 years old, you know, and the way they presented that the idea of education is to draw out. <laughs> I was like, teaching and education are not the same thing. <laughs> And so Mm, it was the way my professor presented that and did a whole lecture on drawing out of the children what's in them, you know, it it totally shifted what I thought being a teacher was. Like it's not about me. It's not about my lectures or the assignments. It's about what's in this child, how do I find Mm -hmm. it, you know, Mm -hmm. and show it to them, something that's Mm -hmm. in them that they don't even know is there. And how right. do I get it out of them and present it in a way? And so I think of my children um, in that way, and it mm-hmm. amazes me what comes out of them. Some of some things you can kind of see coming, you know, mm-hmm. early on, you know, the nature of mm-hmm. your children and how unique and beautiful each of them are. But I bear witness that these children do not belong to me. Like, I'm just the help <laughs> because mm-hmm. what I think Come on. comes out of them is mm-hmm. only a lie, and I pray mm-hmm. for that. 
I pray, mm-hmm. you know, with each of them that their lives mm-hmm. be dedicated to the God um, and that their lives reflect service to him and his people. And that's right. He just, they just do stuff. I'll be like, what are you doing now? Okay. I oh, didn't know you knew girl. how to do that. <laughs> I didn't know, you know. And so I just try to work with them and what comes out. But it really Listen. is connected to our work in the um, community. And I think mm-hmm. just in our homes, if, you know, I think yeah. about having children who contribute something positive to the community. I don't want to have children that hurt our community, that are delinquents, that become a burden in our community. I want to have children that are contributors to building a new world. And I see glimpses of that. Yeah. I don't mean that with any arrogance. It's total humility. <laughs> you know, I no, 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 but, but I'm going to tell you, you produce world. that in mm-hmm. your children. You produce mm-hmm. that in them. And they and I, I'm not saying they don't have teenage and children stuff. That's not what I'm talking about. Oh yes, that's oh, yes. natural. That's part of growing. Yeah, but yeah. I'm saying, folks, if you all want to know, brothers and sisters, how to raise children, you know, we're gonna have to do this again, and we're gonna have to really do a webinar or something because, <laughs> um, because we in this hour, especially with a lot of virtual learning and things like that, which is what you're doing for your children, and mm-hmm. um, but. You, they represent that, and they love mm-hmm. Islam, and they, and even if they don't want to do it, they're respectful and obedient children. Mm-hmm. And I know for a fact that you can, you have better children leading in that direction when you have mom and dad in the home, but mom and dad mm-hmm. connected to the source, the strength, mm-hmm. the source of strength, which is which is mm-hmm. God, right? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. you have God. Father, mother, children, right? So yes. it's just one of those beautiful things. And so before we end, Rich, I, I have to ask you this. You're doing so much, right? But the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, as taught by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, says, please tell the audience, tell us, how has the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan helped you to become closer to Allah, to do the wonderful things that you're doing, and what, what is it about him and the way that Allah made him that made you um, um, stay with, uh, you know, stay in it? What is it about the minister? And yes, I'm, I'm saying the minister because mm-hmm. he saved mm-hmm. our lives, okay? Yeah. So let's just, we're not apologizing for that. He is who he is by God's permission. And so, Rich, you've got to tell the people by Allah's permission, testify, what do you love about him? What is it? And how has that love caused you or created the desire to do community work? It was his words for me have always just been clear. <laughs> just yeah. a delivery, um, a delivery of God's words that's just clear. I used to try mm-hmm. to read the Bible, for example, when I was younger. You know, we always had a Bible mm-hmm. in the house. My mother was very spiritual. She would always listen to different um, uh, pastors and ministers, a little bit of everything, um, right, you know, when I was growing up. So the word of God was present, but we didn't have, like, a preachy, churchy house, right? But gotcha. the things that I would try to read in Scripture, I just didn't understand. And so mm. it really was the word of God and the way the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan brought it. Um, with such clarity that I began to um, connect with divine ideas in a way that I didn't yeah. before. 
Um, mm-hmm. It made me want to study um, scriptures more. It made me want to read more and study more and look up words more. And it wasn't just the way the minister delivered the words in such a clear way. It was what it made me want to do. <laughs> you know, I felt like I was in that. I felt like it mm. gave me um, purpose or meaning and that I hadn't been living my life in a meaningful way. Um, yeah. The minister's burden um, of taking on a whole people, you know, a lot of people who reject him and reject his way and his methods, um, was a good example for me because even in spite of um, the rejection from people that he loved, he still had a desire to serve them. Um, mm-hmm. And I think before the minister, he kind of had been planted in me, you know, to be a mm-hmm. service in the community. Even starting back mm-hmm. from my, my uh, basketball days, you know, high school, I had mm. my basketball high school coach was not right. just the kind of coach that's like, you know, on the court play, girl. You know, he was the one picking up people at six thirty, seven o'clock in the morning with coffee in his hand, barely hanging on, you know, because he knew we didn't have transportation. He was buying us food. Um, that was one, you know, my coach Frank at Cash Tech, where I went play basketball at, at um, Cash Tech, one of the best schools in Detroit. Thank you very much. Um, <laughs> But I also played um, basketball on my AAU team with Reach Youth Programs. Uh, mm-hmm. Marcus Luster and Virgil Phillips, they were active in the community. They counseled young people. They taught young people. Of course, they facilitated, um, you know, athleticism and team and that type of thing. But I knew that in working with us in sports, they loved us. They cared about us in our homes. They cared right. about us in our communities. And so... From them, I was like, yeah, I need to service people, even though I'm young. I need to help people. Right. Even if I can't do anything, I ain't got no money, but can I give you a word that uplifts you? Can I give you an ear when you feel like no one's listening to you? So they kind of put that on, they kind of modeled that for me. Um, And then when you and I got together with um, Girl to Goddess, that's when I really Mm -hmm. You know, I appreciate you giving me that avenue to practice and put in motion those ideas of service, like for real, for real service. Yeah. And I joined your team. I think you and Lenore had already kind of had things started at Bethune. And mm-hmm. I think you invited me to come. And I think I just observed the first couple of sessions there. And I was sitting mm-hmm. in a circle with these young girls mm-hmm. and looking at how they were able to be open with you all and express things that I remember thinking about when I was a little girl and I just had nobody to talk to. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. I was like, this is so important for young girls Mm -hmm. to be Mm -hmm. able to be in a space where they can Mm -hmm. talk about not just venting and talking about their problems and everything that's going wrong, but to lead those sessions with tools that they could actually implement. And so mm-hmm. working with From Girl to Goddess, what you all had put in place was mm-hmm. like heaven for me. I felt like that's when my life began to take on meaning. You know, we mm. talked to hundreds of girls, right? Thousands. <laughs> and some of it. Thousands. <laughs> hundreds. Yes. And, yes. And, and, you know, some people take what we have. 
And then some people, you begin to see them really, really take what we have. Because you don't know. Yeah. All we do is deliver right, the right. word. But that's, that's what the minister does. Like, how right. many, you talk about us talking to thousands of girls. The Honorable Minister Bruce Farrakhan has talked to people all over the planet. But we're millions. millions. Come on. Girl, millions. we ain't even started. <laughs> <laughs> and and if you think about the, the people who he's dropped the word of God on, right, how many of them took mm. to it, right? You know what I'm saying? Mm. And the reality mm. is, can we number? We don't know. I know there's a lot of rejection in that, but there's a lot of mm. success in that. Mm-hmm. And, then, and it doesn't mean mm-hmm. everybody who has heard the influence or the words of the Honorable Minister of Farrakhan doesn't mean they join the rank and file of the Nation of Islam. There are people mm-hmm. who benefited from his word who mm-hmm. uh, work and are active in the community because of what he said. I know that was me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's me right. trying to mirror his way, mm-hmm. you know, um, is, is what I keep in the forefront of my mind, you know, when we go yeah. out into the community, whether we're talking to mm-hmm. large groups or small groups, you know, mother-daughter sessions, um, grown women sessions, whatever we do, I'm right. always, it is the example of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. I, I wouldn't have the desire to do it if it wasn't for him, period. Sure, <laughs> I know that's the truth. We wouldn't be. Not, well, and, well let me say this, in the, I mean, in the way that he does it, in the, the way, way that yeah. the, Allah has blessed the minister to stand out like a piercing bright light, there is mm-hmm. no comparison. There is no, no one near outside mm-hmm. of the Christ. You know what I'm saying? And got himself mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. duplicates that type. And you wanna you're talking about black excellence, you're talking about mm-hmm. God, force and power, <laughs> pure mm-hmm. um love, mm-hmm. dedication to his people. And then yep. you, you we can't even begin to do enough. Begin to yep. do enough stuff. And so give the audience value. What what would what would you like to leave um the people with? See, I think out of anything that we could talk about, um, the what Master Fat Muhammad, who is, you know, some people simplify and say he's the founder of the Nation of Islam. We know him to be God in person. You know, the mm-hmm. Honorable Elijah Muhammad, his divine messenger. You know, the basis of what they taught is mm-hmm. that black people in particular are divine mm-hmm. people. And mm-hmm. even in our worst condition, we are mm-hmm. still that. And their mm-hmm. work was a work of redemption. Mm-hmm. And if you remember that, remember that the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan is about the work of redemption. You don't take for granted anybody that comes before you. So what does that mean? That yeah. means that you see somebody in all of their foolishness <laughs> You mm-hmm. have to believe that what's in them, going back to the idea of education, we have to mm-hmm. mind out under all of that filth and funk that this enemy's world has put on our people. We have to believe that there is something buried in them that is divine and of value. That's right. And so we, you know, sometimes we, um, you know, the election makes me think about it because mm-hmm. everybody's record comes into play. So-and-so mm-hmm. did this in 1986, and he did this act and voted on this bill. Um, you know, when we look at some of our entertained 
entertainers who have done things in the past that were, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> not not mm-hmm. the best decisions. Mm-hmm. Do we think of them as being able to be redeemed? You know, looking mm-hmm. at uh, someone's record is, I, I, I think of it as information. Look at what people mm-hmm. have done in the past um, mm-hmm. and their record of deeds um, is, is information that you can use, right? Um, mm-hmm. But sometimes we put a lot of value on people's past, right, mm-hmm. to our detriment. Because <laughs> most, the majority of people in the Nation of Islam have a past mm-hmm. that we don't want to go back to. <laughs> I know I don't. A lot, us, <laughs> a lot of us engaged in activities that brought us shame. We brought, mm-hmm. it was detrimental to our communities. And we mm-hmm. are completely different people today mm-hmm. than we were then. And mm-hmm. if we can be made new, everybody mm-hmm. else can. You know, of course mm-hmm. Allah is the ultimate determinant of those he wants to redeem and restore. But that's the basis of the teachings of the nation of Islam, that you can mm-hmm. become an entirely new person. I don't have mm-hmm. the taste for any of the things that I used to do mm-hmm. as a young person. Before Islam, I don't yeah. have the taste for that. It's certain yeah. music I can't listen to. Food I will never mm-hmm. put in my mouth, mouth again. It's images mm-hmm. I don't want to see. I didn't care about that before mm-hmm. Islam, mm-hmm. but now mm-hmm. it's not even in my mind. I can't even conjure up things that I used to say and do and even understand it. Because mm-hmm. by the grace of Allah, he gave me a new outlook on life. And mm-hmm. I try to remember that when I when I engage other people because sometimes we just put people in a box of what they did in the past and we don't let mm-hmm. them out, you know. And mm-hmm. sometimes it doesn't mm-hmm. leave it doesn't leave room for atonement and mm-hmm. healing and restoration. I'm not saying be an idiot, <laughs> right? You know, and right. let people back in who are abusive and misguided. But what if a lot took your worst enemy? What if he took your abuser and, you know, refined them and made them new? Does that mean you got to go back with them? I don't think you got to go back with them. <laughs> but mm-hmm. if he makes them mm-hmm. new, he might improve them for somebody else. How are you going to yeah, feel about that? Me. Are you just going to be? And so for me, I guess that's it, knowing and understanding that those of us who have been saved from the dead, who have had some degree of resurrection, you know, mm-hmm. we have to um, see all of our people having as having that potential, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and I really mm-hmm. want to be a part of, um, I want to be a part of helping people know that about themselves and, um, and, and understand that. I remember, and I'm going to close with this, I remember that first circle that I sat in with you all and uh, I think Sister Lenora, beautiful lavender spirit, was talking mm-hmm. about... Um, uh, sexuality, right? And mm-hmm, some mm-hmm. of these girls, the middle school girls, we found out in that session that some of them were sexually mm-hmm. active. And mm-hmm. I remember her telling them, you can be, she said, you can be made a new. Be a virgin you again. Can, yeah. She said, you can be mm-hmm. a virgin again. She said, you mm-hmm. can stop that behavior and start a new life from this day forward. And the mm-hmm. girl sitting next to me leaned over and whispered in my ear. And she was mm-hmm. like, she was like, she said, I could be a virgin all over again. You know. Yeah, I remember you sharing that. Ah. Sister, do you know how that moved me? And she mm-hmm. was, it was like, it was both a pleading question and yeah. like, uh, it was so much hope in her. 
that was mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, it was a relief because she had been mm-hmm. burdened by her experiences. That, and that just experience. the idea, the idea yes. that she could start all over was mm-hmm. um, very empowering for her. And I said, you know what, I'm going to remember this for the rest of my life because I Girl. could see people have that moment. I was like, oh. Child, may Allah bless you. I'm trying not pray to cry. Why you gotta be saying stuff like this and making me cry? That girl, wherever <laughs> but she no, is, I pray I, that her life I is remember that. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I remember you sharing that. I remember that day, and I remember you telling us that after the um, the session. And it's that type of value that we were blessed to do with from girl to goddess to um, to impact a lot of children. And I just am overwhelmed when I run into these girls. They remember me. Some of them I remember because some of them are just unique characters. But a lot mm-hmm. of times I don't remember all the children and a couple girl to goddess along with 180. Come on now. I can't remember all you people. So, But when they say my name, I know they know me. Miss Malika, Miss Muhammad. Mm-hmm. I already know. I already know. Then they have to, and I hate that they have to say that. But you yeah. talked about um, those things, Rich, and I just want you to know I appreciate you so much for taking time out of your very busy schedule. And Thank as you were mind. wrapping up your um, your um, your reflection on the minister, it brought me to this. Um, part that he talks about value because you talked about value. And I want to just um, offer that to the people when we close out, if, that, if that's okay with you. Just a little part. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, the minister says, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan says, we can accomplish magnificent things, but you can't accomplish anything if you don't see value in you. And the more mm-hmm. you see value in you, when you look over at your sister sitting next to you, oh, my goodness. You say, I see value in you. When you see beauty in you, then you can look at your sister and say, I see beauty in you too. When you can see worth in you, then you can look at your brother and see worth in him. Then what happens? You eliminate envy and jealousy. You eliminate all these termites that undermine the building of good spiritual relationships with one another and with one with God. And when I think of you, Sister mm-hmm. Marisha, I see value in you. I see beauty Thank in you, you right? I see sisterhood in you. I see love in you. I see how who you um, are becoming and how a lot is shaping you, adding value to people for many, many, many years to come. And you don't come across good friends like that. You don't come across people who, oh, I don't want to cry, who <laughs> you want um, that you want to be better. So I don't mm-hmm. care. We talk once a year. <laughs> Whatever yeah. we speak, it is always bringing value and uplifting each other. Even hey, if it's something on. that's troubling, it's, you find a way to get God back in the picture get God mm-hmm. to be the focal point. And that's what the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan does for us. And if it was not for him standing up and bringing the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad back, do you know we wouldn't even know each other? We wouldn't even <laughs> that, know what a that, friend was. friend was. Girl, I had no friends. I didn't have no friends. I promise you, I was like, uh-uh, you can't have friends. They take your boyfriend. 
Listen, I was like, no. So I am learning to be a better sister, a better mother, a better, um, you know, um, believer, right? Mm -hmm. Um, One thing that I like about me, I'm not making myself of nothing, but one thing that Allah blessed me to see that I am very clear on that if I don't, if I can't give nothing or see nothing value in myself, is that I am consistent and I'm loyal. That is the truth. Yeah. And because of that consistency, <laughs> when I fall short, I'm like, you know what? Okay, we're going to get this together. I will not. I made a promise to myself with Allah's help. I said, Allah, if you don't give up on me, I won't give up mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. you helping me because I can't do this without you. And when I think of you and others that I love very dearly, that's how I am. I am always here to be a friend to be an ear, to laugh, because I know I get silly sometimes, you know, to, to really work it out, to do the work in the community. I, that's why I always want your input, your creative genius we didn't really even get into today. <laughs> so you know we're going to have to do a part two. But, um, but I just want you to know I love you and I appreciate you, and I thank Allah so very much for the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and you being a witness bearer to what Allah's teaching and his divine servant, Minister Farrakhan, has done for us. And I'm looking forward, Sister Marisha, to many, 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 many more years of us (laughs) growing together and laughing together. And I want to just thank you so very much for your time and your patience. And I'm just happy. And I I just thank you, girl. Sister. Listen, we're going to okay. do like the, the Erica Badu and Jill Scott versus battle. They were just loving on each I, other. And girl, <laughs> I was like, that's going to be us. I, I'm I like, how could you not love you. somebody? Yeah. You know, how could you not love another God? You're a God, <laughs> girl. How, je- how, how can yeah. a God be jealous of another God? Come on now. Yes. You know, yes. so, well, yeah. You. So, but thank I, you. You're welcome. Thank you for your um, consistency. Um, for the listeners who don't know what you do, it's not just mm-hmm. about the work of girl to God as you have. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I love seeing people walk in their purpose and your mission, mm-hmm. and I know mm-hmm. that you have accepted it for what it is, and, and there's mm-hmm. times when you've had a ton of support and a team for girl to God as mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we were able to work the team, you know, with the 180 mm-hmm. program with Raphael and Shay and all of, you know, that team. And then I've seen mm-hmm. you um, walk it alone. You know, mm. when I moved away and, and our team began oh, to go that was, away. Please don't even bring not, that up when you walk not away. Even, <laughs> we just, it wasn't even, but here's the thing. You're walking away. We just, yeah. We just yeah. relocated, you know, as when yeah, we begins. Uh-huh. And like, Letitia, everybody who supported from Girl to Goddess uh-huh. in different ways, life mm-hmm. took us in a different direction. It was the same direction. mission. Sure was. You know, you know, and that's the ebb and flow of this mission. Sometimes you'll be supported, mm-hmm. but I appreciate and watch mm-hmm. you continue mm-hmm. to serve women and girls, even when it was just you. Times you were yes, like, hey, yeah. this is going on. We would do some pre-planning, and I couldn't be mm-hmm. there because I'm in another state. And you would put mm-hmm. on an event, that consistency mm-hmm. um, and that mm-hmm. determination to keep moving reminds me of the minister. Um, mm. Because there was mm. a period when he walked alone. You know, he had yeah. he had his family. You know, 
where he had right. a teeny bit of help, but there was a part mm-hmm. of the journey that he walked alone, and because he was consistent to the mission mm-hmm. of the honor boy Elijah Muhammad, help came at those yeah. moments. So I appreciate your consistency because I know if I ain't doing mm-hmm. nothing in Chicago, there's some work mm-hmm. for me, you know, in Detroit, I know. Goddess in Detroit or wherever it is. So thank Girl, you for that. It thank is, you for this um, your podcast. You're welcome. Um, mm-hmm. And we, we on this journey together, sis. <laughs> yes, ma'am. We, so praise be to Allah. We always give my babies my love, give your husband the greeting for me. You know, I'm waiting to see what who else. I'm waiting to see what the uh, junior's gonna do. Like, I, I'm uh, sure he probably like he didn't, did. I, did I did I get support anything for him? I gotta. I need him to do something so I can send somebody oh, his way or honey, something. You know, listen. They always have I know he's doing something. I know. That like, I know he got something going he, on. He's on his engineering thing, so he, that's the one. Girl. If you don't see him anything, he is uh, very well aware of his godhood. <laughs> Listen, I was like, how much? I wish I had more money to send him. I was like, are you kidding me? Uh, that, I was not thinking nothing about that at nine and ten years you. old. Are thank you, you for supporting that. Yes, and so for those who don't know, my son, uh, my eleven-year-old mm-hmm. son, decided to build his uh, gaming, his own computer. Uh, he wants right. to build his own gaming system from scratch. And I'm looking like mm. all those parts. <laughs> He's done his research. And, and um, you were, I appreciate you putting some pennies in, 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 mm-hmm. the, in the piggy bank to help financially support that because we get support and encouragement mm-hmm. and, and that matters. But, right. you know, sometimes you need a couple of dollars. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. to see him have the mind to, you know, build his own computer, I was like, where did that come from? And he built a beautiful system, knew all the specs and parts. And I was like, where was I when you were learning these things? I, I didn't I have anything to do with that. I <laughs> got another I computer in my living room, too. I'm like, I didn't start think about that. <laughs> like, this brother. Who, I, see, this, this is what I'm saying, folks. And we leave when yeah. we're getting off for sure. This, this is yes, a, yes. It is when we have balanced families and the nation of Islam and the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad and following the divine guidance and leadership of the Honorable Miss Louis Farrakhan is doing this and more. We ain't even scratched the surface of our lives yet. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. that's just yeah. – but it's other people that um, we you will hear from in the future that can take it to yep. another level. And we definitely, if it pleases Allah, will have Sister Marisha back to really get into some of the themes because she is a creative genius. She is – she is the creative director for Girl the Goddess. And so uh, a lot of our programming, a lot of things that we sat down and, and we still haven't even been able to fully implement because a lot just made us sit down and, 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 and I believe those things that we did and weren't able to, inst- you know, to put out, Rich, are going to be there for this time, to be honest with you. So yeah, I thank you for that. And so – Please, people, just like and share and subscribe and, you know, tell a couple people about it on your page. You know, uh, I don't ask for very much. And if you want to support us, you can support us also. You'll see the link at the bottom. And so, but we appreciate you, Sister Marisha. And I'm just going to close with these closing remarks from the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And it, it, I think it. Um, I think it suits what we're saying right now. And it is my, I love the book. Message to the Black Men in, uh, uh, in America. I love the book. 
But there is one paragraph in that whole book that if I couldn't read the whole book, this is the paragraph I would read to everybody everywhere I go. It is on um, page 32, First Love Yourself. One of the greatest handicaps among the so-called Negroes is that there is no love for self, nor love for his or her own kind. This not having love for self is the root cause of hate, dislike, disunity, disagreement, quarreling, betraying, stool pigeons, and fighting and killing one another. How can you be loved if you have not love for self and your own kind and dislike being a member of your own? Then what nation will trust your love and membership? And so, yes, we're talking about the physical nations of black and white and brown and yellow, but we're also talking about the nation of self, your individual self. The more we love ourselves, the more we value ourselves, the more we connect to God, especially during this time of COVID, connecting to God, begging and pleading and asking for his forgiveness and his mercy, the more we do that, we will become the best versions of the house of God. All the physical statues and the, and the buildings that are out there, church of this, church of this, mosque of that, mosque of that, the number one house of God is you and I. So let us feed on love. Let's pray continuously to heal ourselves so that we can add value to other people's lives. I pray that you enjoyed it as much as I did, Sister Marisha. (laughs) I really do, and I appreciate you so much. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. And and I want to thank everybody for tuning in. And, and if you will, just share the podcast. So thank you, Riz. Yes. Have a wonderful Tell them day. Tell get their testimonies ready. I want to hear some other yeah, people's I testimonies, know, so I'm right. looking forward oh to it. God. Think about your know, story right. and be willing to share it. Share it. <laughs> thank That's you, right. So praise be to Allah. You're welcome. Thank you. May Allah bless you. Love you, sis. Love you, too. Salam alaikum. Wa alaikum salam.